Welcome to the EverSaline podcast, the show that ignites your passion for leadership and empowers you to develop a culture of continuous improvement. I'm your host, Matt Sims, and in each episode, we bring you fascinating insights and invaluable tips from our incredible lineup of guests. What do they all have in common? They share an unwavering dedication to excellence and are the experts in driving engagement, improving metrics, and reducing costs. The Ever So Lean Podcast with Matt Sims. You know it makes sense. This episode is sponsored by Catalyst Consulting Limited. Catalyst Consulting exists to help people and organisations work better today and be ready for tomorrow. They have a rich history of igniting business transformation using business agility, lean, Six Sigma, strategy deployment, agile and change management. They can help you and your organisation to develop the skills necessary to work and manage differently. To find out more, check out catalystconsulting.co.uk. Simon Ricketts is the dynamic founder and CEO of Sim Motorsport Limited and is the driving force behind a thrilling venture that offers a truly unique and electrifying motorsport experience here in the UK. Since taking the helm in October 2021, Simon has steered Sim Motorsport to the forefront of the industry, renowned for its cutting-edge car racing simulators, featuring the officially licensed four-point haptic suspension system sanctioned by the prestigious FIA, the most realistic sim experience you'll find. But Simon's journey to motorsport excellence is anything but ordinary. Before establishing Sim Motorsport, he embarked on a diverse career adventure. He served as the interim group sales manager at Daytona Motorsport, the UK's premium kart racing company, as sales director at Odco, one door closes, another opens, providing award-winning sales training for businesses around the world and was a race instructor at Palmer Sport. His expertise spanning sales training, race instruction, customer service training and leadership development all offered to an impressive array of clients and organisations. Notably, in his early career, Simon worked as the TQM Total Quality Management Program Manager at the Doors and Windows Division at Caradon Group, where he became a true lean enthusiast. He served as the National Sales Manager at CompuTeach, where he made an impact in the home learning IT industry. He even managed the famous Firefly Plantation Hotel Beckway and served as the Managing Director of the Arctic Paper UK Limited. As if all of this wasn't enough, before his stellar business career, Simon spent six exciting years in the British Army as a member of the Royal Military Police stationed in West Germany and the UK in the world-famous Mounted Troop. Now, Simon's journey is an adrenaline fueled blend of sales expertise, security assurance, hospitality, lean and an unwavering passion for motorsport. Today, as the CEO of Sim Motorsport Limited, he's the driving force behind a groundbreaking venture that offers an unforgettable motorsport experience, appealing to enthusiasts and professionals alike. Today, Simon is going to take us inside the work that he's been doing and show how Lean is playing a pivotal role in the DNA of Sim Motorsport Limited. So buckle up because Simon and Sim Motorsport are redefining the racing world of excitement and innovation, and I cannot wait to hear all about it. Simon, welcome to the Everseline podcast. Thank you, Matt. That, that was a that, that was a lovely introduction. Quite amazing. I sometimes I, I get concerned how I've managed to fit so much in, into such so many short years. I feel as if I haven't been around that long. But my golly, it's as if I've been around a hundred years listening to that. You've done a lot. It's imposter syndrome. <laughs> Everyone feels like they're they're not who they say they are. That's what we do. Incredible. Yeah. So exciting as well. Such an array of different industries and different roles yeah. that you've had as well. It's quite unusual to see such a breadth and depth of roles. Uh, quite simple, uh, because of the, I think the sales background, the sales training and the TQM background really enabled me to go across a diverse array of businesses. It, it just wasn't an issue, whatever I went into, I could apply the, you know, the, the, the TQM approach and the sales philosophy into any company I went into. So it didn't matter really on the background, which, which works so well. It's the joy of it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So it doesn't matter what you go into, you, you, can, you can embed those principles throughout. The TQM piece really is the piece that stands out for me. Tell us yeah. a little bit about that then, because some, some of the listeners may never have heard of TQM. <laughs> no, well, sometimes I say it and they don't know. Um, <laughs> look, I was really privileged. So when I left the armed forces, I went and, and cut my teeth in sales, and did very well with Everest, the sales company, double glazing company, ironically. 
you know, amazing go from army to double glazing. <laughs> but I became a sales manager. And fortunately, Everest were purchased by Metalbox Caradon Group, who um, had this initiative, an £800 million initiative to introduce total quality management throughout every company uh, that they owned. Um, and all their companies were like the top three brands in the industries they were in. Uh, and I was trained up to be the TQM program manager. So the lead assessor and the person that would train the trainers and go into the companies and, and embed this TQM program. It was called First in Service. And I do believe some of them still have that program running through them, which is quite amazing. But obviously, it was based on continuous improvement. They wanted to make their companies um, more innovative, more cost effective. But they believed that from the shop floor to the top, everybody had to be involved in it. And so I was fortunate to be TQM program manager for the doors and windows division, which was both UK, Europe and America. So that was an amazing experience and one that really, yeah. um, you know, I'm very privileged to have done. Yeah, that's incredible. I should probably tell people that you and I met, I was 40 this year and my wife booked me, unbeknown to me, she booked me on to one of your experiences. And um, somehow we got talking about continuous improvement and we suddenly realized that our worlds have collided. And yeah. we thought, yeah, this is definitely an opportunity for us to talk. And I must say that the the sim experience was out of this world. Thank you. If people go onto my LinkedIn or any of the social media, they'll be able to see that I posted some videos on there of, of me racing away. Thankfully, you can't see the screen and see that I'm driving across <laughs> the grass or into the barrier. You did all right, actually, if I remember rightly, Matt. You did all right. It was I, I'm going to toot my own horn here. In the Catrum that we started off in, yeah. I was only three seconds off the professional pace, which I think is not bad. Yes. Yeah, that's right. I mean, the, the Caterham itself, uh, I was very, very lucky again at Palmer Sport to be involved with them as a, a race instructor for a while. And the Caterham was one of the cars that I instructed in. So when we actually were able to get this particular mod involved at Sim Motorsport uh, and I tested it, it was amazing, the reality. So it's so close to the real thing. And it's a fun car to drive. You, you took to it quite well. Really good fun. What I found as well, and I ne I totally underestimated this, but afterwards, sort of your wrists and your forearms yeah. and your shoulders, and I don't know how much of it is the force feedback and then how much of it is that you're so tense because you just want to do yeah. really well. It's a bit of, it's a bit it. of both. It's a bit of both. It's sometimes it's very hard to put across as to how realistic these are. We were very fortunate to uh, have these simulators uh, created by Cranfield Aerospace, who specialize in the fighter jet simulators, and they're, they're amazing. And the D-Box, which comes from Canada, the, the Generation 5 D-Box, we put onto it as well, the haptic suspension that you mentioned. So you know, when you get in that car, you're going to get oversteer and understeer, adhesion, your grip, uh, you know, and you'll feel it through your bum and your body, uh, as you would do in the chassis. And as you say, it's the only one the FIA will license. We tested a lot. That was the one that when you got in, it wasn't just the feedback, but it's the feeling of the body and you were using all your muscles to, um, mm. to, to relate to all the lateral forces and the braking forces. So it's incredible how realistic that is. So much so, what we saw when we were watching you, you know, you're moving around a lot, but you actually don't realize you don't feel it so much because you're part of the car. And it's incredible. Yeah. That the, the immersion is amazing. Yeah, and I felt that when I watched the video back. I, yeah. Looking on the video, I'm moving all over the place, but I don't remember that when I was doing it. I, for me, I was sort of just feeling the car. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, had, we, we, we were set up originally so that we've got professional race drivers involved, uh, and, and now we have a lot of professional and amateur race drivers come and test with us. And we had Daryl DeLeon last week, who, who's racing with Team Hard in the British Touring Car, who won their scholarship last year. And he, he took out one of the BTCC cars around Alton Park. And his words, as soon as he got out, was, I even forgot the suspension that was there. I, I thought I was in the car. His time was amazing, by the way. Um, <laughs> and he, but he said it's the most realistic system he's ever been on. So that's, um, you know, that, that's nice to hear that sort of thing. Yeah, that's great. I mean, when you're hearing the professionals tell you how realistic it is, I mean, you're there, aren't you? You've done it. You've yeah. landed on the moon. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about the setup that you've got then, because it's a, an amazing building, by the way. It was so, it's what you, when you look at Formula One on the TV and you see how pristine their garages are and how it all looks super modern, that's what you get when you walk into Sim Motorsport. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it's a, it is a completely unique motorsport experience. It sounds corny, but that is exactly what it is. Um, high spec race car simulators in the UK. Uh, it, interestingly, there's only three race centers of this spec globally. Us now, so in little old Gillingham, one in the Andretti Race Center in Florida and the other one in, um, in Hamburg. We made them bespoke, but when you walk in through the door, the whole setting was designed to replicate an F1 hospitality suite. And we used a number of F1 teams' hospitality suites as uh, concepts for us. 
put it all together so that when the drivers come in, I mean, the professional drivers will come in with their sponsors and their engineers, as will the, you know, the, the amateur drivers with sponsors, and they'll walk into a, a hospitality environment that is clean and, and precision, uh, relaxing, because then you can concentrate on the driving and then they can go into the grandstand or whatever and, and go through their telemetry. So the whole environment had to be engaging. From the minute you walked in, you really felt relaxed but it was a professional setup. So it's not an arcade. It's not dark and dingy. That, that was important for us to get that look and feel from the start. There's no sticky carpets, for sure. It's not an arcade. There are no sticky carpets. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean I'm mean, i quite proud. I mean, we, we've been to, um, um, I think as you're aware, we went to Alpine recently, F1 down at Enstone, and um, you're walking into the reception, which is very impressive. Apart from the fact that they've got an F1 in the, in the reception, I've got to tell you, ours is as good. Uh, as them and that's quite something and that's quite you know yeah to, to make to, to say that but when you walk through the door the whole idea is that first impression that they get from the greeting from walking up to the reception the look and feel uh, it just it adds value people know they're in for something completely different and it's far beyond what i imagined it would be i mean i was really excited i didn't know about it. i was going until the morning off and um yeah when when she told me she she basically made like little awards cards like you get at the like the oscars and i opened the envelope with it add it on there (laughs) yeah and i was like oh this is interesting and then um she arranged for a friend of mine to come with me who i didn't know was coming and i'm really embarrassingly right so when we started off simon you wear um headphones and simon basically is like the the radio technician talking to you over the the headset and um he tells us to roll out and my mate rolled out in front of me and we come out the pit lane and four or five laps in he's my mate so slow and i'm pooding along behind him right can't get out of third gear and simon comes on the radio and he goes you can overtake (laughs) (laughs) that's the immersion the immersion's incredible We're, we're motorsport we're not gaming and, for, uh, and actually, you know, the guy, everybody gets introduced to the centre and, and the chassis they're going in. Mm. You get strapped in. When you go out, you, you, you're you coming out of the pit lane. It's like a track day. You really are there. Yeah. And, and and you're waiting to be given the go-ahead that you can go past or you can crack on. And it's it's amazing. Yeah. Even the fear of crashing and, and damaging the vehicle, yeah. it feels like yeah. it would in real life. You, yeah. you do feel that care. Now, I do yeah. a lot of like um, sim, like not, not I wouldn't call it sim racing, but like Xbox Formula One racing. I've got the steering wheel set up and all that kind of stuff. And it, it's nothing like it. Absolutely nothing like it. That feels like you're playing a game and, you know, you're... you're yeah. You get a bit of feedback, but nothing like what you do in the proper simulator. I, I cannot express how realistic it is. And at the time I came along, you actually had the the F1 sim in as well, didn't you? We did. We had the what they call the Formula Simulator that um, comes from uh, Cranford Aerospace. That's got the uh, the G seat. So that a lot of the teams, when uh, they're F1 simulators, they they will use uh, very high spec simulators, which also come with things like G seats so that they actually get feel more of the g-force so what it does is puts puts pressure on the body as they're going around the corners um and when they're braking i mean and they've got the yaw as well technology so it's incredible so so the f1 drivers on their official simulators not the ones that we see on them on tv and they yeah driver land the land of norris ones but the official ones that they use are the same as this one um and uh, the technology is absolutely amazing but yeah, we were very fortunate to have it for a couple of weeks before we went back to a factory. I think it was going out to America at the time. Wow. So, but the, 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 they are so high spec to get somebody to just to jump in and try and drive it. I'm afraid it, it was commercially, it wasn't really that good because people struggled to keep it on the circuit. Because you can't, you can't expect somebody to jump in an F1 simulator and straight away. Oh, it's a different world, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's that's totally like, yeah, it's a different world. You, it's like when to try and visualize it, it's like half an F1 car, it's like the front half of a Formula One car. And yeah. you had this lad in there when I was there, and he was, um, he was doing some track times, and he was a, yeah. an amazing, honestly, the, this young guy. I was looking at it thinking, How is he doing this? It's amazing. He's a teenager, but he, he was a race school student that we, we'd got to, so you wouldn't be able to go in it straight away. He had to go through a, a number of formulas first we allowed him to get in and he was and he was very quick but some of the youngsters are just amazing these days they take to it so naturally but the, he he got out and was suffering from his shoulders were, were he was with the pressure was going on with the braking he couldn't get used to the braking the braking is just too too hard too late so even though he was quick he was nowhere near as quick as the f1 guys obviously it's amazing that these lads as well they're driving these simulators before they're able to drive normal cars on the road yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, well, we, we, I mean, we, uh, with our setup, 
you can, uh, we have a clutch gearbox and everything. So we actually teach youngsters how to drive. So gone are the days where you'd sneak them out in the, in the, in the Corsa <laughs> on a, in a car yeah. park. Now we can put them on a, we can put them on an Alfa Romeo Maito now and um, take them around Brands Hatch and teach them how to use the clutch, you know, actually to get the bike, stop them halfway up the hill at Druids and then start using the bike on the clutch. And um, yeah, and we, we, we've got a number of them through their ARDS test because you can't do it without actually driving a manual gearbox. And yet they haven't got a driving license, but they've now got racing license. Wow. So that, that's technology. And you've got, this, you've got the data as well, haven't you, to see how much, if they're coasting, you can see it on the data. Oh, everything, everything. Well, that, I mean, that's, uh, race school is probably the, 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 the no-brainer in this one for youngsters who want to get into motorsport because we don't just focus on how to drive the car. We teach them in a lot of depth about analysis, data analysis mm-hmm. and telemetry. So they can see every corner they take where they break, the amount of pressure they're putting on, the amount of uh, pressure on the, the, the steering angle, on the accelerator. You know, that they're, when we talk about friction and we talk about grip and getting maximum grip out of the tyre and rotation through a corner, we can use this data right down to, to the, to the metre to see how much pressure is going on, how much friction and how much grip they've actually got at the time and the steering angle they're doing. So they can adjust very quickly. So the race school we had um, on Saturday, the youngsters there, range between the age of 12 to 22, all of them improved by going through the telemetry and data. We send them out, we put pressure on, they come out, we teach them to analyse it. They look at one or two particular corners, they get back in and they improve. And it's amazing how easy it works. But, but isn't that just incredible? Because they didn't actually yeah. go out on a circuit. So, you know, yeah. absolutely amazing. Um, and the whole principle, the way they treat it, they, everything is done as per motorsport, the pit lane discipline, the track discipline, everything they need to learn so that when they do go out to Brands Hatch or, or Alton Park or Snetterton or wherever, they're on it straight away and they know what they're doing. I just find it amazing. It's incredible. Yeah, I do as well. I can see it in your face as well. The passion just is yeah. oozing from you about it. It's, it's contagious. So you don't just offer this opportunity for professional drivers, do you? It's sort no. of you open to there's lots of different avenues. Tell us about what sort of things you do. Yeah, I mean, you, you, one day you might be there testing and you've got Freddie Hunt sat next to you, you know, getting a bit of testing in his LMP3. It's amazing drivers that you'll, who you'll be sat alongside. A bit weird. We originally set out for driver training professional and amateur, but we realized that actually from a corporate perspective for for team building and motivation for motor racing enthusiasts, not for gamers or people who wanted to do more of the arcade, we leave that to places like the F1 Arcade in London. You can do that there. Uh, We're more about getting uh, people in who who really want to do uh, an experience of driving uh, a a fast car, race car around the circuit and want to learn as well. But you can do group bookings, private events where like yourself, when you turn up for a birthday event, when you walk in, you suddenly realise, ah, this isn't this isn't just gaming. This is this is just something different. And and so, I think we've created a really exciting experience for our customers when they walk through the door. It's always the expectation is totally different to what they get when they walk through. Absolutely, the way I'd liken it is it's difference between Sunday League and Premier League. That's what you're looking at. Yeah, yeah, and that's and that and, that, and that's a that's a good analogy. I mean, that's that's what what we decided to do right at the beginning. The vision was to make it premium. I'm very fortunate that all the companies I've worked for have been premium. I mean, Motorsport, Palmersport are the, just the, you know, number one when it comes to what Jonathan Palmer's done there is incredible. A great benchmark for us. Um, and, uh, and then similarly, Daytona Motorsport, you know, with the, with the kart racing there, premium. Absolutely amazing what, what Charles Graham's done there. So combining those together in something totally unique was a bit of a no-brainer. And um, adding what I know about all the lean and the TQM side of it yeah. just just it was very simple actually it was really easy to put together a lot of people would have gone where how the hell did you do it but we actually there i say it matt we actually sat down and process mapped the whole thing i love it i mean that's how boring that's how boring it was we we but i had to because yeah. i needed to know what everybody was doing how the customer journey but it was so easy for me naturally just to do it yeah so we got it right uh, we got it did i say it? we got it right first time <laughs> see it sounds so corny it, it, but it well, i don't know any other way to that, do it but as soon as i walked through the door i knew straight away that there was someone in here that had a background in some sort of yeah, lean yeah. or continuous improvement methodology because you could just see it it it's absolutely brilliant yeah. but what's that saying you, you can you can take the uh the the boy out of tqm but you can't take tqm out of the boy, <laughs> yeah, boy that's, right. <laughs> that's what it is so yeah yeah no, it, it's natural it, it just comes all the time I mean, anywhere i've ever been wherever i've worked it's something if there's an issue if there's a need to to benchmark or, or we need to analyze the tools and techniques just they're there 
And that was always what we trained in, in, you know, in the early days was to get people to be able to do it naturally because it's amazing how useful they are. Yeah, it's the way, the way we do the work. It's an extra thing to do on top of the work. And that's why yeah. the, the likes of Toyota and that have done so well with it because they don't yep. make it above oh. and beyond. It's just the way we do things. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you can't, you can't beat it. It's, um, it's one of those things that even down to the, the Kanban system, because we, we're events and hospitality, and we've got to think about our stock and everything else, but but also the process that we have for the equipment, how it's cleaned, and then as soon as the cleaning equipment needs to be replaced, we, we do basic Kanban, and it works so well. And the staff, when I tell them, do you know what Kanban is? They ain't got a clue what I'm on about. <clears throat> when I show them, then they realize. Um, <laughs> but it's, but I, I can't help you still using the original names. Ishikawa, uh, Pareto analysis, I mean, all the... All the um, cause and effect it's still there in kaizen it's all there in the brain obviously that they think i'm talking another language but when i show them the process it's uh oh it's a, oh it's a no-brainer and a lot of people are doing it already if you create the environment right for them to make them think and to think no hold on whoa, 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 what can we do better next time or how can we improve upon that we review and review every single day when we finish every day we go through a review of what's happened throughout the day whoever the guests are and we ask what could we have done better and so all the staff do it naturally. So even if I haven't gotten down, they'll come and tell me now. And that's good when you've got them in that engaged. You know? Yeah, you've really created that environment where it's a pull system, isn't it? They're pulling for the knowledge yeah. rather than you pushing it upon them. It's, it's great. Great yeah. learning environment. Yeah. Really good. I was going to ask you about the analysis that you do. Yeah. Because that, for me, jumped out at me, having a lean mind myself. And, you know, the way I look for root causes, when you you do your laps and you come off, you take us over to a laptop and then you start talking about where we can improve. Tell us about that analysis that you show because it's brilliant. Well, I mean, it, it was a key thing as part of the journey. A lot When our customers get in the race car simulators, and they, they go around, they suddenly realize how realistic it is. And then they get frustrated because they think they, they, yeah, they could have done better. And so we, we sit them down and show them the telemetry against uh, a faster driver. We have a lot of uh, drivers that come in and test race drivers, so we can show them against them. And we can break down the analysis so easily, straight away, they will, having never seen this stuff before, go, ah, I was braking too early there. Absolutely. Okay, so you were braking too early. Let's look at your steering angle. So what could you do 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 better? If we send you back out, uh, I'll break later. And, um, and you know, I, I won't turn in so hard and I'll open up the steering. So all these sort of things are great. But I've got to tell you, from a sales perspective, it is an absolute no-brainer. You've got to remember there's a salesman in me inbuilt. <laughs> it, it's an add-on because even if they don't achieve it this time, they, they now know what they need to do better next time. And they'll book to come back and have another go. Yes, yeah, the hook. So, actually, so, it, so it's there because they're so interested and they want to do better. The add-on from it is incredible, and that's and that's you know that's what we're in the business to sell. Um, but the way we use the TQM tools and techniques throughout it actually comes to our advantage. It's amazing; it comes together beautifully. You know, you share the the telemetry data with the participant afterwards because I still look at mine. I'm so sad. I still look at it. We email it straight away, so you've got it anyway. Because a lot of them are amazed if you go on your phone; it's there, and a lot of them will keep looking. Yeah, like yourself, they yeah. want to see. And of course, it, and hopefully, you'll come back and try and beat your time because now you know where to do it. Absolutely, because you've got a benchmark then something that you and you. Yeah. you feel that you hit the ground running rather than trying to learn when you when you first get in it you're trying to get used to yes. it but i think if you go back for a second time you know what to expect and you've got a target in your mind straight away yeah and it's a, and it's all part of motorsport it's what you should be doing if you're doing a track day and going out and testing you should be stopping every so often and looking at your telemetry i mean the, all the guys have got all the equipment they've got the visual equipment as well as the telemetry and the and the and the, the good quality amateur race drivers as well as the professionals but the amateurs will go through their telemetry to try and do better. But in the race school, even the youngsters, the little 11-year-olds, we, you know, we teach them, look, we're going to go to a new circuit tomorrow. What can you do to prepare? And, that, you know, and they know now, oh, I'll Google it, I'll, I'll YouTube it, I'll look for landmarks, I'll look for a way of walking the circuit, I'll, um, I'll do this, do that, and then I'll do my data analysis. And this is like 11-year-olds. I mean, karting obviously now is amazing, but yeah. it's just incredible. So look, motorsport has really taken a massive leap when it comes to data analysis. It's so important. But also we use it for our equipment. We look at how the equipment's reacting every day. Every day that we're open, we before we set the cars up, we check the roar on the braking as to how strong it is, making sure that it's all identical. Nothing worse than somebody, their equipment's slower than anybody else's. We have a book. I don't know if you saw it, Matt, called the, the Book of Race School Excuses, the Racing Car Excuses. So um, every driver, when they can't do well, has an excuse. 
yeah. most times I blame it on on the car or the weather or whatever. Uh, and we write, we get them to write in the book. I think it's going to be a bestseller at the end of the year. But one thing we do is we take away the issue where they say, well, that that chassis was quicker than that one because the brakes weren't the same or whatever. So just like the days of Palmer Sport in the morning, every every individual chassis has to be checked and specced up before the customers come in, which is quite amazing. You don't just switch them on and that's it. Yeah. It doesn't work that way. They have to be tested before everybody gets in. But that's all part of the precision, and that's why we're good at what we do. I know comfortably that when every time somebody gets in one of our race car chassis, they are spot on. They're, they're, they're clean. They've been tested. And so I'm quite confident that I have a good experience. And that's getting it right first time, every time. Yeah. It's a bit laborious, but it's, it's something that I'm quite proud of. And once we've got into the habit of doing it, everybody does it naturally. Always the biggest problem when you recruit and develop and train new people is getting them into that mindset from the beginning. If they if they walk into a business and everybody's doing it, they'll naturally start to follow. Yeah, exactly. It's the way we do things. That's right, it is. But what's really interesting, all of this is so relatable back to, you know, a factory, a yep. production line, because if you, you're doing your startup at the beginning of the day, you're doing your quality checks to make sure everything's where yes. it should be. It's, it's like your 5S, everything's where it should be, everything is in the right place, yep. everything's clean, tidy, it's operational. Yep. Then operator or the driver yep. uses the experience. Then you go away, analyze the data to look for defects and opportunities yep. for improvement. The driver or the user is giving you feedback on the operation. Then you as the coach is using the data to support that person in how they can improve and do better next time. And that's exactly what it should be like on a production line or in a workplace. Yeah, it's no different. It's absolutely no different. Uh, All our staff, all our instructors, they are empowered. They get to know the equipment. They get to know what to do with it and how to do it. And I'm I'm a real advocate for empowering them rather than just, you know, telling them what to do. Because they have their own styles yep. and they have their own personalities, which I love. They use them. But but we all know the checklist to follow. I know now that if I'm not there in the morning and one of the guys is take, is doing it for me, I know that when I walk in, God forbid if it's not right, but if when I walk in, everything is on and in the right way. Even even the smell when I walk through the door, that air freshener has to have been on and done. So I walk in <laughs> as a customer. And, but that, that's precision every time. That's the only way we do it. But it's your baby, isn't it? I mean, you, you, it's oh, your yeah, brand. Yeah, it's, okay, yeah. I've got this vision in my mind now of you walking in and doing a Gordon Ramsay on the kitchen nightmares where he just walks <laughs> in and goes, get me the chef, turn it off. Yeah. And he goes, absolutely well, bad. <laughs> bless him. We had uh, the race school. We had uh, one of my instructors, newer guy, was taking on the, the youngsters on the blaze pod. So the blaze pod is where they, I don't know if we did it with you, Matt, but the, on the race school, they, they have to hit, react to the, the, the lights coming on. Um, to see how quick the brain is switched on before they get in the cars. The race drivers do it all the time. So we have a blaze pod for the youngsters to to set a, a benchmark on their brain, how quick they react. And so they all did it with a new instructor, and it was very good. And then it was my turn to teach them. And uh, I got every one of them to improve. And uh, the, the parents came over to me and said, how on earth do you do it? How did you get them to improve? And I said, I just shared at them. <laughs> I just shouted at them. Got I said, go faster. <laughs> and they did it, yeah, they did it. There was a bit of technique involved, but it was basically a Gordon Ramsay. But yeah, yeah, they reacted. What you mean is you you, you gently coached them, encouraged them. I gently encouraged them. Yeah, go faster. We didn't do that. They've got things like that in an arcade, though. I've seen them before where you have to like yeah. whack a mole. Yeah, I'm terrible. Whack a mole. Whack a mole day yesterday. I think it was. Yeah. I'm terrible with that. We, we all play whack-a-mole at work. It's the same problems every day where we don't get to the root causes and fix the problems. Are you ready to elevate your team's ways of working? Are you seeking fresh insights and growth opportunities? Our experts will assess your team's practices, providing valuable insights for improvement and celebration. Reward and recognize your team with this certification tailored specifically for creating an improvement culture. The BQF Academy accreditation acknowledges your journey, outstanding outcomes and future plans. Whether you utilize Lean, Six Sigma, project management, or continuous improvement techniques, this certification celebrates your incredible work and positive impact. Propel your team's performance to new heights with the BQF Team Excellence Culture Certification. Visit www.bqf.org.uk today and let's celebrate your success together. 13-time single prize winner, Dr. Jeffrey Liker and Toyota Kata author Mike Rother have created the Improvement Kata and Coaching Kata online course. 
This inexpensive, compact program is designed to transform your thinking and approach, making you a highly skilled learner and coach. Engage in deliberate practice to turbocharge your progress. You also get lifetime access to the materials, including all of the bonus interviews. Why pay up to 10 times the price elsewhere? Listening to some consultant when you can gain direct insights from the masters themselves. Skip the rest and go with the best. Join us today and embark on your journey to excellence. Just click on the link below to start your journey. I can imagine as well, from a from a cost perspective, keeping the equipment clean and operational is really important because the co- the value of the equipment, the cost of repair, and the lack of availability of the, of the equipment for your customers would be a massive impact. Yeah, it, it's, each each uh, race car simulator there, you're looking around thirty grand each one. You know, it's more than a lot of people will spend on their car when they turn up. Yeah. Look, they have to be absolutely pristine every day clean i mean even the brakes we use we, we use obp race brakes they have to be bled each month we bleed them just to make sure they're spot on uh, we don't use sim brakes stuff like that but it, 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 the, the whole, all the equipment is um cleaned pristine checked every day and i'm not i'm not just saying that i'm telling you that's how it has to be because i've got to be fresh as well you know mm. from a commercial point of view you don't want to sit in a seat that smells or or put a headset on that that, that reeks and i've been to when we did the benchmark and i went to a number of race centers and the first impression was they don't give you race gloves because you're probably not getting the proper feedback, but the, the steering wheel was sticky, oh. the headset smell, you know, all, all the little things you, you think, no, 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 no. Now, if it's cheap and cheerful, got no problem with it. But if you're if you're expecting, you know, if it's a present and it's in a proper motorsport experience, you've got to do that. You know, I take my hat off to people like you know, Palmer Sport, I'm talking about Jonathan Palmer. You know, I learned that very quickly, he put he puts um, in all his centers around the circuits, he has deodorant in them. <laughs> Man, I'm <laughs> and, I, and I thought as, a, as an instructor, well, what's all this all about? Of course, great idea, because it's a sweaty job when you're racing. Mm. So you'll find even in our toilets, you've got male and female deodorants there for people because they'll get out and it's so physical. I did the old, I, I don't know if it's a TQM word, but I stole shamelessly from uh, from Palmer. Um, <laughs> one of the in. principles. Yeah, one of the <laughs> principles. So I thought it was so good. But that, you know, that's the detail we go to. I was talking to a guest the other day, and he was telling me that they, uh, he calls that um, the lean magpie. You know, everyone's a lean magpie. You lean steal magpie, bits from other that, people, yeah. you bring yeah. it to you, and then you use it. <laughs> yeah, it sounds better than stealing shamelessly, doesn't it? Yeah, it's pro- it sounds less criminal. <laughs> <laughs> so how have you employed the lean principles to streamline the logistics and preparation for like the racing events that you do in the competitions? Right. Well, we we that was a that was probably our biggest obstacle to overcome when we set the company up, and we were benchmarking and doing a lot of due diligence on on how to make this as as efficient and effective as possible. And and probably you know with all seriousness put aside, it's one of the biggest things we had to get right because you can buy equipment from anywhere. You can you can set it up anywhere. The blueprint was pretty much there. We found a venue management system that was far and above what anybody else had done. And the, the, the guy who runs it was prepared to sit down with us and work with us to tweak it, to get it how I wanted it to do it. So I, you know, I had that process map again as to how it had to work. And we got him to adapt and with our feedback to get it just right. And obviously, we've got a nice little combination here that we don't want anybody else to know. But he has been, you know, with, with our permission as well, he has been able to improve what he's got. And other companies now have inputted it. But the venue management system was vital. And then we have a very strict process to follow for, again, I keep throwing in the process map, what the customers are going to do in the journey they'll go through uh, from the point when they're ready. They've had the introduction to the car. They sit in the car. We strap them in. The venue management system in the, in the background is working. It's so advanced, by the way, that the other day, uh, one of my staff members uh, wasn't well, so I was on my own. But she was able to do the race control remotely from home. So I'm walking around with this customer going, so you know, what should we put you in? Should we put you in the caterum at uh, to Brands Hatch? And all of a sudden, the, the, the machine moved, and there was the caterum ready at Brands Hatch. Now, oh, they wow. Never up, they never picked up on it, but I did. And I thought, well, that's rather impressive. So she was able to watch and hear everything I was saying. And I threw the little buzzwords in she needed to hear and then was able to use the, I mean, this is, this is good. She was able to get them up and running, the telemetry and everything was done. So actually... Look, I could do it on my own, but being on my own is not part of the experience. They need to have other mm. people around, and but that's what it can do. So we have a new race centre we're about to open at Brands Hatch, and you know the whole remote side of it and the the, the advancement, the innovation around it is going to be so important. 
But that's incredible to be able to do that. Yeah. It's just, it was quite interesting how the customer had assumed it just happens. So when I point at something, all of a sudden it becomes a different car and, you know, and it moves and it's ready. And, uh, and of course, um, it was all being done remotely. Quite, they quite never incredible. mentioned it. They never said, oh, wow. <laughs> they never, they, never, oh, what, they what? thought I was pretty impressive. I, I don't know. Perhaps they thought technology. Yeah. So, oh, no, I can just walk up to something, say a word, and it'll happen. I mean, maybe. Maybe, that, maybe that's what they expected. Maybe yeah. you just deliver yeah. an expectation. It's like yeah. when you watch like the, the most recent versions of the Star Trek that's out there, and there's just they just talk to the spaceship to get it to do what they want it to do, and yeah. it does it. It's like you were doing that. <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was a, the the precursor was right. I will say certain keywords that you need to pick up. But I'm saying that she knew she she um, we we always analyze. We know the customer normally before, or I do. I break the ice, get a bit of preamble, ask the right questions, so I know what what they're going to go in. And she's listening and watching and able to go right. Okay, the, I've got the car. So she was one step ahead of me anyway. But that's quite impressive. That that's yeah. that, that's innovation at work and and improvement. That's amazing. So I'm taking you a bit, you know, we haven't prepped for this, by the way, so I'm just going to put you on the spot. With the, like, the, the emergence of AI and things that mm. AI are doing at the moment, do you see any part that AI could play in this in the future? I think, I think it's massive for this type of industry. The, the, the AIs, the, the way they, they create the algorithms and listen and, and are able, if I was to, to probably sit down and work out with an AI setup as to exactly everything I've just said there, when I, when I come out with a statement of certain things and the type of customer and certain buzzwords, it will automatically go, ah, that goes on, that goes on, that goes on. So actually, yeah. I wouldn't even need a staff member to do it. An AI can do it. I mean, they can do it. It's, it's, it's probably quite simple to do. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, it's, it's scary in that respect. That's exactly what my mind was thinking when you were describing it. Can you imagine someone walks in and then the AI works off buzzwords that you say yep. and, and yep. guides you? I can also see it happening eventually where, where, where at the moment you're doing the, the guidance over the headset on the radio and people are doing stuff. I can imagine yep. an AI analyzing that person's performance live and giving them a tip, change something ever so slightly. Yep. Yeah, it's, 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 it's pretty much there. I mean, we have an AI that already commentates for us, so I don't have to do any commentary. It does it automatically. So the AI can't do the commentary, which is a bit spooky. But look, yeah, I mean, we get them also to test against AIs on the circuit. So the AIs will react to how you drive, and we can set it up that way. So there's absolutely every bit of technology there ready for an AI to be giving you the tips that you need. You know, yeah. say you brake too early, next corner, think about your steering angle, um, open up your steering. Yeah, I mean, you know, you're you're one step ahead there. That's that's the way forward. The question is, how far do you go where the journey is not so exciting because you haven't had that interaction? Exactly. And I would rather have a professional instructor tell me what I could do better than than an AI. You know, but but it's that's got to be the way it goes. I find that on my on my uh, really lousy Xbox racing experience, I find the AI are stupid, right? I'll be doing a race. It's like a 50-lap race. I'll be halfway through, and it'll pour down with rain. So I pit, stick on some wets, and come back out. The AI doesn't. So they're all driving no. around spinning off the track because they haven't got to change their tires. Yeah, they, they haven't quite got that right yet. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the AIs, we use them for testing if you want to learn racecraft. But we learned in the early days, don't do it as races. If you go, I mean, we have five on the grid, five five hour race car simulators. So you can race against each other. When when you race against each other, if you hit each other or, or by mistake or whatever, you actually have to you know you acknowledge the other driver. Same as you're out on the circuit in a cart, um, or you've got to get out of the car at the end and apologise to them. Whereas with an AI, you haven't got to worry. You don't bother. And it goes back to that realism piece that we we're talking about before. Yeah. It it feels like you're in a proper car. Yeah. You, you yeah. forget the whole environment around you. You've got the screens sort of curved around in front of you yeah. and you, you're so immersed in it. You forget that there's someone sitting sort of six foot away in another simulator. You just don't realize it. That's right. Yeah. I mean, yesterday, Matt, we had, we had a father and son. They were alongside each other on the, on the main straight. Father's on the right, was on the right, and the son was on the left, and the son was trying to overtake him. And they were sat in the simulators where the father was on the right and the son was on the left. And actually, as they were alongside each other, <laughs> they looked across at each other, driving their cars, you know, and smiling. Away. And it, you, they actually, they were, on the, they were in this car on the circuit. They could see each other's car, and then they could see each other as they were driving along. And it was yeah. just incredible. You thought, you, if I could have captured that bit of immersion. Yeah, that's, that's what God, it's all that about. Was... My son was 11 last month, and he's starting to show interesting cars now. 
So I'm definitely going to come down with him at some yeah. point and give him an, an experience. Yeah, we're, we're, we're advancing, uh, as you would expect. And we're, we're getting to the point now where we will be introducing youngsters into karting as well and getting them so they can test before they go off to Butmore Park. or to. Yeah. I mean, we, we were placed deliberately close to Brands Hatch and Lyddon and Butmore Park and Bayford Meadows because we want to get them on circuit. But I want to get them out racing at Butmore Park and being really good. So they'll, they'll be able to come and test with us as well at the age of 11. Oh, that's absolutely brilliant. But Buckmore Park's not far from you, actually, is it? It's just up the road. It's very close. I mean, we have a lot of drivers who will test with us and then go to Buckmore or vice versa. Um, it's where I started. Buckmore oh, is it? Park. So, it's, so it's somewhere that I hold, you know, and Brands Hatch. Yeah, so I, I personally, I'm very involved in trying to get our drivers on track. So we're on about sim to track. Yeah. We're trying to get them on track. And we have the fast track to motorsport promotion at the moment, getting them into British Touring Car. So that, that, again, puts us into a totally different level as an experience. So, so you're journey mapping as well. This is a step yep. along that journey for someone getting into a career or you know, a, yep. a sport that they absolutely love. It's fantastic. So good. I can't believe I've never heard of this before. Crazy. <laughs> well, we're relatively new. We, I mean, we only opened our doors last October. So we're coming up to our first year. We're about to open our second centre, as I said, uh, very soon. And we're evolving with, with the, the simulators and the, the actual technology. But the whole idea is for you to have a great experience or for creating future champions. So, you know, that's where we come from. And for, for a lean enthusiast, we always talk about Formula One and motorsport being the pinnacle yeah. of, of what continuous improvement and lean looks like. Yeah. If you go to Sim Motorsport in Gillingham, as soon as you open the doors and you walk in, you are experiencing what you see in Formula One. Yeah. It is exactly like that. It's incredible. Yeah. Uh, the only difference is you got, uh, you know, you get out of your car and you can go and have a beer and go to the toilet. That's it's, right. It's, it's <laughs> right there. But it's funny. It's the funny thing is, we have a licensed bar, but most of our customers take it so seriously they only drink <laughs> Coke. You know, the one yeah. our, even on stag parties, we've had a couple of stags. They come and they say, "Oh no, 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 I'm not going to have a beer." Because it's so serious, you know, which, yeah. is, which I'd rather have. But, uh, yeah. but, but you've got a viewing area as well, haven't you? So you can yeah. actually come along and watch. Yeah, you can sit in the grandstand. It's air conditioned. And um, the beauty of it is you're actually seeing your friends and family on the live screen going around, which is a bit spooky, as well as seeing them in car. So um, we, we did that deliberately. So we call it the grandstand. So you can sit back and relax and actually watch it on screen, which is it really is amazing how, how the immersion. Mm. And when we've had races going on, people getting all carried away because they're watching it live and then they're quickly watching them in car and then like, it's just, uh, you know, and they all get, it's right over the line. And, oh, no, we, we, the whole idea was to build the, um, the atmosphere so that it was, it was uh, relaxing for all those who came to watch. So you haven't got to drive, mm. you can come and have a nice time as well. Right, Simon, the time has come for me to put you through something far more stressful than motor racing. Like, right. This is, this is like, this is the pinnacle of, of game show entertainment, this, right? People listen to this podcast just for this. This is the yes-no game. Have you heard of it? I have. <laughs> so basically, you just can't say yes or no, which is <laughs> ironic because it's called the yes-no game. Now, what I normally do is I normally give people free cards to choose from, and it gives them their subject that they're going to choose. But I've been very kind to you, and I've chosen for you, and it's all about sim motorsport. Oh, wow. So this is going to be good, but you just can't say yes or no. Any other word is fine. Not hum or ha-ha. Okay, they don't count, but you you can't say yes or no. I'll do my best. So what happens is you'll hear some really intense music that makes you feel a bit panicked. And it will go for 60 seconds. And I'm going to do my utmost to catch you out with every tactic I can deploy within that 60 seconds. If you hear the gong, that means you, you slipped up. If you hear cheering and clapping and shouting from like random people that means that you did it you lasted the 60 seconds wow great let's go for this then good you didn't say yes or no then that was a good practice (laughs) you're preparing yourself right 60 seconds are on the clock you can say anything you want apart from yes or no simon it's your time is sim motorsport a virtual form of motorsport racing it is what are the key differences between sim motorsport and real life motorsport? The key differences are that, that obviously you're in a, you're in a simulator rather than actually being on track. Do you prefer sim motor racing or real motor racing? I prefer real motor racing. Real motor racing, you said. I do, definitely. <laughs> do sim motorsport enthusiasts usually specialise in racing simulators? 
Sometimes they do. We have we have a variety. We have some that do and some that don't. Uh, is sim motorsport considered a legitimate sport? It is. Is it real? I feel it. It's as real as it, as it can get. Um, do <laughs> do sim motorsport games offer realistic physics and handling of vehicles? They do. It's very close. <laughs> yeah, that was. Honestly, you were so cool. You like weren't even phased. That, that, that was that was actually harder than you think, isn't it? Well, it's easy for me. I'm just reading them and, and getting ready to press the button. Yeah. <laughs> I cannot believe. I cannot emphasize. If you could see Simon now, he's just sitting there and he hasn't even got a sweat on. <laughs> that was incredible. Strange, isn't it? I felt like I was under under, under an interview. I think it was the old yeah. military police days coming back. Be very <laughs> yeah. careful about how I answered. Yeah, going to stick you in the old uh, cell yeah. and give you some uh, torture to get you to answer the questions. <laughs> that was brilliant. Well done. Absolutely Thank brilliant. You. I Thank think you. you're the first one that's got through the whole Ooh. thing in about four or five episodes now. Right. So that's yeah, you turn the tide. Is there a prize for that? Or yeah, the prize is your self pride, which I'll email to no, you good. immediately after the show. I've so. already got it. I've already got it. Don't worry. <laughs> That's brilliant. Don't worry about your lap times. It's all about whether you manage to do that or not. Fantastic. <laughs> right. So tell us a little bit more about upcoming events because we are going into sort of Christmas party yes, season are, yeah, very yeah. soon. And yeah. I cannot emphasize enough if you can get yourself to Ginningham in Kent in the southeast of the UK, it is the place to go for your Christmas event. Yeah, we're, we're already taking bookings for those. So, so it's perfect for Christmas events up to 20 people. For those who want to do something a little bit different, you know, and get involved in this experience, obviously just just contact us or book online. The race school, uh, we've already got race school three booked up. We're probably going to do eight race schools next year. We're taking bookings for January. So if you're interested in getting your youngster seriously into motorsport, it's not just racecraft. It's it's nutrition. It's osteopathy. It's physical training. It's mental awareness. So that's something that's great. And the other thing I want to mention. It's the fast track to motorsport we're doing with race car experiences at the moment. This is getting through a qualifying round to actually get to uh, test British touring cars at Brands Hatch with race car experiences. And uh, the top guy will go through to the scholarship at Team Hard, which Daryl DeLeon did last year. And if you get through that, you will be racing in a British touring car team for the British Endurance Racing Championship. And uh, Daryl, bless him, he ended up not only doing that, but one of the drivers, uh, for some reason, dropped out and he had to all of a sudden jump into the British touring car grid with the big boys. Wow. And so, you know, and that was within a year. So we're doing the same one. It closes on the 5th of October, the entry. You know, each round is £59 to do. So, you know, for the sake of even getting to the British touring car brands, it's a no-brainer. So that's ongoing. But yeah, if you just want to have a bit of fun before Christmas, do something different, then um, you know, please come on down and have a look. It's amazing. And you're not held responsible for any fallouts between team members uh, where they get super competitive, are you? No, but I tell you, I've seen it. I've seen it. I, mean, <laughs> I bet you have. At Daytona Motorsport, where it was always with a, with, with a karting. It gets quite emotional. And actually, I've seen it here. So yeah, yeah, seriously, I had to calm people down because it's so immersive. Amazing. It's great that they're doing it because it shows how immersed they are. Yeah. But um, yeah, sometimes the little youngsters get very upset. It happens in real life. So the fact that it's happening in sim motorsport as well just shows how realistic it is. Yeah. Yeah. Look, as a trainer, an instructor, I've had to learn a lot. And I'm very fortunate because I'm doing some academy training with uh, Motorsport UK. And, you know, they're really ahead on this stuff. Uh, And it's not just teaching people how to drive fast. There's so much you've got to learn in understanding their personalities and how to get the most out of them and coaching them rather than instructing them. And uh, incredible, uh, but it's enjoyable. So anybody that um, uh, comes in with their parents, you know, the parents that come in with their little kids, don't worry. We know how to look after them and get the most out of them. And if they get a bit stroppy, it's okay. We know how to calm them down uh, and they'll enjoy it. It won't be a bad experience. And you're very kindly offering um, a 10% discount yep. to listeners of the Everseline podcast. So when they book, if you quote Everseline 8020, that's Everseline 8020, you'll get a 10% discount on your booking, which again you can't go wrong can you this is amazing no no, uh, i mean for what you get uh the the cost of it it, it's always been the perception this is not an arcade it's not a cheap and cheerful you're you're having an experience like something that's quite unique so yeah come on down i mean look and we also have loyalty points so the more often you come you'll end up having a free session anyway so yeah so i hope they take you up on it 
I look forward to seeing. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And I'm, I say, I'm going to come down with my son, and I'm trying to convince the corporate team to come down for the Christmas do as well, because I think that will be a really good experience. Yeah, that'll be a good one. Yeah, absolutely. The food we do is outstanding. You know, it's all, all you, the whole like, experience. Not even for those that may not want to get into the race car simulators, they will have a good time. Yeah, it's so customer focused. What you're doing is amazing, and I think that where you can get things like lean to meet the world of passion and fun and excitement you're just onto a winner and i think what you're doing is fantastic and it was a great experience um, i'm not sure if you're aware we actually won the um startup business of the year last week on the uh made in kent radio awards yeah so we're quite proud i saw that on social media that's amazing it's nice to be recognized externally i we, we didn't even put ourselves forward for it so I'm, i don't know who did so whoever did that thank you very much i really appreciate it. it we've got to give you one of these for that <laughs> oh thank you Yes. Well done, yeah. well done, Simon. Oh, memories coming back from the other day. Very good. <laughs> Is that what it was like? Was everyone clapping like that? Yeah, it was like it went crazy. Yeah. <laughs> That's brilliant. <laughs> well, fantastic. Where can people go to learn more? What's your web address? Okay, so very simple. So it would just be the uh, go on, on www.simmotorsports. That's S I M simmotorsport one word uk. Well, brilliant. Thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show today. No, enjoyed it. Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> Some key takeaways from today's discussion with Simon. Now, TQM principles revolve around customer satisfaction, leadership commitment, employee involvement, continuous improvement, data-driven decisions, supplier relationships, structured processes, education, benchmarking, empowerment, and prevention. These principles aim to boost quality and organizational excellence. Now, Simon is the perfect example of these skill sets sticking with you and being transferable as you move through your career. At Sim Motorsport Limited, Simon and the team have created an environment and an experience that is heavily built on lean principles, mirroring what you see in Formula One. As soon as you walk through the doors, the environment just blows you away. You see practices like 5S, just-in-time, continuous improvement, waste reduction, standardised work, Kanban, visual management, team collaboration and a multi-skilled workforce. Just like racing on a track, these principles clearly enhance efficiency and precision in the high-pressure world of sim racing. Before opening Sim Motorsport Limited, Simon conducted vigorous benchmarking exercises from other industry-leading motorsport areas. This enabled him to understand what worked and what didn't work so well, providing him the blueprint for a world-class experience, right down to the availability of deodorant in the washrooms. Love it. <laughs> Simon spoke about how he's developing his team in TQM principles naturally. It's the way they do the work. The learning is being pulled by the team who are keen to learn and drive improvement. The key part here is that it's a pull system, not a push system. The culture is a culture of continuous improvement. Absolutely fantastic. Really love that. And it's so true to what Lean's natural fundamental being is. Absolutely brilliant. Every day, quality checks take place to ensure that all equipment is in optimal condition. Standard work is in place, including checklists to ensure this happens the same way and at the same time every single day. Regardless of who's working, it's about precision, customer focus and right first time. Equally, at the end of each day, Simon does a Gemba meeting with the team to review the day, identify what they could have done better and learn from it. Such an important discipline to install and maintain. So simple, yet so powerful. I love that Simon shared that he utilises process mapping to develop the world-class flow and business model that he's created to such a high standard. This wasn't a one-off task that he filed away somewhere. He frequently goes back to this living, breathing document to look for opportunities to improve. During the sim experience, the team analysed data captured through telemetry along with the driver to understand where they can improve. The staff are the experts, or SMEs, and they use the data to coach the driver where they can improve. They then go back to the simulator and they do it again. Now, this process is rinse and repeat throughout the session. The key part here for me is that using fact and data to coach rather than tell it's very similar to the Toyota Kata. It's about learning a discipline and then practicing it over and over until it's mastered. I love that Simon was so open to and excited by the impact AI technology is and will have on the industry. 
He's already thinking about the benefits and improvements it can add to sim motorsport, yet he's also conscious of where the human touch interaction and is valuable in the process. There's so many learnings from today that we can take away and apply in our own working environments. The logic, methods and application approach that Simon has evidenced in Sim Motorsport Limited is applicable absolutely everywhere. If you're looking for some lean inspiration, some benchmarking, a good time and potentially a new obsession, get yourself down to Sim Motorsport Limited in Gillingham, Kent in the UK. I promise you, you won't regret the experience. That brings us to an end of this episode of the Ever Celine podcast. Thanks to Simon for joining us today and really taking us on the inside of what happens at Sim Motorsport and how lessons learned in Sim Motorsport in terms of lean and continuous improvement can be applied back to what you do in your factory, on your production line, in your day job. It's amazing to hear and to see as well. I've been very lucky enough to go and I've seen it in action and it's an amazing experience and definitely one I'd recommend that you get down to with your team or with your family. Just give it a try. I promise you, you'll you'll want to go back again. I'm still trying to convince my wife to allow me to go back, but we will be going. If you like the sound of today's show and would like to hear more, please subscribe and follow the Everseline podcast at everseline.com. We'll also find episodes that you might have missed. If you can, please take a moment to like and review the Everseline podcast on the platform that you listened on. I'll be extremely grateful. Your review means so much, and I really do appreciate every single one. If you're on the socials, give us a like, give us a follow, and let me know your lean efforts, because I'd love to hear all about them. Thanks so much, and I'll see you on the next episode. And don't forget, Everseline, you know it makes sense. The Everseline podcast is researched, produced, and recorded by Matt Sims. Visit everseline.com to find out more.